Hello, everyone. Welcome to another session uh, in this podcast series on exponential growth. I'm your host, Moe Damin, and uh, today we have two great guests that are going to walk us through some very unique perspectives around growth. Now, just to remind you, if you're whether you're a salesperson or a business owner, if your interest and your desire is around growth, whether that's growing yourself, growing your business, growing your sales, we cover all of that in this podcast. So we cover everything from sales training, sales techniques, down to health to improve your level of focus, down to mindset, body language, nonverbal communication, and everything else in between. Whatever it is that's about your growth, we will cover it. So today I have with me uh, two special guests, uh, both of whom I met recently through a networking uh, group that I'm that I'm. Uh, involved with and it was such a great meeting that I thought well I have to have these two on, on our podcast session I think they'll be of incredible value to you uh, so Ryan O'Keefe and uh, Catherine Strachan they both come from um, uh, marketing and sales background uh, but instead of me giving the introductions maybe if you can do that for yourself so Catherine would you start us off and just give us a short give our viewers a short 60 second introduction about yourself sure no problem so I'm Catherine Strachan. I'm the managing director of Copy House. Copy House is a content marketing agency specializing in technology and fintech. We work with some really great clients across the space, everybody from Klarna to Modular. Uh, we have clients in the tech space doing everything from biometric technology for airports to cybersecurity, AI, blockchain, basically you name it. We're only two years old and we're growing quite quickly. So Copy House has been going since April, 2019. And when I started it, I was a one person, one person band. And today we are a 21 person agency. So we have a full team. Um, and yeah, we're pulling in some really impressive numbers as well with 250% growth just since January. So we're really fast growing, very exciting uh, agency. Great. Catherine. Uh, and Ryan, uh, your 60 second introduction about yourself, please. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me, Mo. Um, so I am the business leader and founder of a personal branding agency called Jago. Jago work with leaders and entrepreneurs um, to develop their identity, their emotional intelligence and their storytelling to become known, liked and trusted. We predominantly work within the creative sector, so agency owners, such as Catherine. Um, and really what we're trying to do is unearth people's gifts and talents and to build trust at scale. We want people to um, rise above the brands that they work for and build true connections with their audience. So we're growing really, really fast. Um, we're a, a certified B Corp. We've gone on a purpose-driven um, journey for the last couple of years and yeah like Catherine we're growing um, at a pretty rapid rate so that's us that's great and 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 you know today that's that's really what I want to talk about which is uh, personal branding right you, you talked about being able to build trust at scale and uh, as my viewers will know you know I've been doing an extensive research for almost 20 years now with almost, four, with almost 400 B2B buyers across 10 different sectors, varying levels of seniority and responsibilities. And the two words that every single one of them mentioned when I interviewed them about what made them do business with a seller or a company versus another 
uh, every one of them either use the word trust or honesty. So trust is a key, key point that I feel is often missed amongst salespeople, especially, but also business owners who are representing their business, representing that brand. So talk to me about <clears throat> a bit more about that personal branding and, and, and how that impacts the way you portray trust about yourself and your brand to your target audience? Um, look, no, no deals are ever done unless someone trusts someone else that they can deliver on that. And so first and foremost, we need to understand what, what trust is and how to leverage that. Most, most relationships start with low trust. I don't know much about you, um, but you haven't done any wrong. So I don't distrust you. That's a completely different ball game altogether. When you distrust someone, you run a mile. So I think most people start with low trust and, and the process and exercise of personal branding um, really is around scaling your reputation. So what your clients know about you, the clients that love you and know you uh, and trust you, we're trying to scale that essence um, through, through the activity of personal branding. And at the macro level, what we're talking about is trying to show people our competencies in what we do. So we know what we do and we know that we can deliver it. But then what we want to try and uh, weave into that is around our character. What is it like to do business with us? Because if we've got two competent people at the table, what's the point of difference? It's going to be the experience. It's going to be the character that defines us, the people behind the delivery of that particular work. So for us, personal branding is the exercise of bringing our true selves to the table, getting more people, i.e. our audience, to know us like our friends, our closest contacts and our and our favorite clients and trying to scale that so more people get to know us before they even get a chance to speak to us on a one-to-one -one, um, interaction now that's interesting there's a lot of questions i have from what you've just shared there but before i do so catherine what's your perspective because at copy house you know you're in the business of using uh, the right words and the right communication channels to actually communicate the right things about yourself and your brand uh, to, to the world at large. So what, do you, what are your thoughts on personal branding and its importance to building trust and saying the right things about yourself? Yeah, I mean, I think it's essential. Um, you know, as, as this old saying goes, people buy from people. I don't believe that anybody, you know, these days is going to buy from a brand that is a big faceless corporate you know, what people want is they want that emotional, personal connection. And, you know, you can deliver that through content. So how you deliver that is actually through content because it's nearly impossible to have individual one-on-one -on -one conversations with everybody. So how you reach people at scale is via content, whether that's video um, or, you know, even written content. So your written posts on LinkedIn or written about leadership articles. It's how you show the world who you are and what makes you different and what makes you special. I think, you know, your question about saying the right things um, is is quite a quite an interesting and also maybe a bit of like a touchy subject because when people go on LinkedIn, you know, they're very tempted to show, you know, the very optimistic, very glossy, look at my business, isn't it doing so well sort of post. But actually what I've come to learn is that the more human you can be, the more vulnerable you can be, the more you can put your, yourself out there, the better, the better, you know, the engagement, because then you are a real person. You are not just a 
salesperson. You're not just a glossy magazine cover or an influencer. You are somebody who has real challenges and perhaps these challenges are the same challenges that your prospects have. So perhaps they can relate to you and they can relate to you on a whole new level. Um, and I think it is really power, powerful when you can get that right. So when you can embrace being vulnerable and being your whole self and not just the glossy isn't everything going amazing version of yourself. That, that is really interesting. So let's, let's dive deeper and start to unpack some of that stuff that you've both shared. Um, and I wanna take it from two perspectives, right? So this perspective of the salesperson, right? So these are B2B salespeople, this is their job, this is their profession. And then the business owners, right? And although there'll be some commonalities in what they do, there are gonna be some nuanced differences. So I wanna make sure that we, we do justice for both. Let's start with the sales person's perspective because Ryan, I know you have a sales background. Uh, Catherine, you're still very much actively involved in the sales process in your business. But also what's really important is as two business owners, well, three, including myself, we're also sold too. So we're on the receiving end of some of that selling process. So, so having some insights from that perspective is really important. So let's talk about what salespeople can do, because actually, when it comes to salespeople, the research I've conducted, the research that we've seen from companies like LinkedIn and others is actually salespeople aren't viewed as neutral from a trust perspective, right? That there's a stigma around salespeople that's been created by the profession at large. And so actually the, uh, the buyer is not starting at a neutral position. They're actually distrusting that salesperson. So we're already facing an uphill battle. So let's, let's talk about the trust and personal branding from the sales perspective, because we live in a radically transparent world and in a, in a very in a hyper competitive and crowded world, which means that salespeople have to do so much more to stand out than they used to maybe 30 years ago, right? Even five years ago, right? So Ryan, if you can start us off, what are some of the common mistakes that you see salespeople making when it comes to their personal branding? And by the way, these mistakes may not necessarily be things that they do, but maybe things that they're not doing that are big mistakes. Yes. Um, I, think, I think a lot of people in, are in a rush to make a sale. And so therefore use quick and dirty tactics to try and win fast, but actually they don't win very quickly by doing so so let me give you an example sending me you know sending me a connection request on linkedin and then automatically selling to me straight away it's never gonna it's never gonna work right it's never gonna work why because i don't know you you've given me no um point of me being attracted into you who you are your personality what you do so don't make the mistake of selling too quickly make sure you find common ground with the person that you want to work with. Um, try and distinguish yourself somehow. So instead of being a faceless, um, generic um, automated message, do some background research, understand what, you, what I might be interested in. If you're selling to me, understand what I might be interested in and try to show up um, with with background and, and knowledge and insights to what we're doing. So for me, you know, people are, are, are way too quick to activate. They put themselves out there. They haven't done the development stuff. So they haven't gone through a process of understanding who they are, 
what they want to be known for. And they end up feeling quite vanilla and quite generic and speaking through maybe the corporate brand that they work for. And so, you know, my, my experience of working with a huge corporate like Yellow Pages, who had a super brand back in the day before Google, um, actually, you know, people still didn't want to buy from us, even though we had the lion's share. So, you know, things haven't changed um, that quickly over the last 10 years. People still distrusted salespeople, got annoyed with that. So I realized quite quickly, in order to win and to build trust and to build relationships, I had to get personal. I had to become human. I had to ask questions. I had to listen. Um, and so for me, it would be around try to build your own brand within a brand that you might work for. And that goes for salespeople and account managers. Make sure people know who you are. And I think the vulnerability thing is huge, right? When you catch that, when two people become vulnerable, and I'm not talking about sharing your darkest and deepest secrets, but just bring yourself to the table um, and talk about maybe the mistakes you've made or the client's challenges that you've had and not, not make it feel completely polished and manufactured. People really resonate with that, right? Entrepreneurs are sharp people and they see through the corporate sales pitch or patter. And so try to give yourself an edge by understanding yourself more and other people and actually think about how, think about how the other person might feel when receiving your your email or, or your sales pitch. So there's some for starters. Um, and, you know, even just snippets, which is ask your friends, you know, what what is it about me that really sets me apart? You know, that's, that's what I would do. Right? Go and find out what your friends really like about you and try to reflect on that and try to bring that to the table more often in your sales approach. Yeah, that's hugely interesting. And, and, and if I was to summarize what you shared, in terms of the common mistakes, the common mistakes that are basically made are, you know, we're actually not being authentic, right? We're not, we're not being true to ourselves. We're not acting and portraying ourselves as human beings. We're doing probably what Catherine mentioned before, which is a glossy image of ourselves and our business, which is rose tinted where everything is working out well, but there is no human interaction behind that. And that's interesting because one of the, one of the eight characteristics of, uh, trustworthy character from my research the first one is authenticity yeah. and I think we're wired to actually notice that so that's really interesting before we go into what some of the best things salespeople can do Catherine I'd love to get your perspective on this you know what, what are some of the common mistakes that you're seeing salespeople make when it comes to their personal brand and how they're portraying themselves yeah, I mean, I think picking up on what Ryan said, if you think about it, sales should really be about building relationships. So when you're talking about nurturing leads through, through a funnel, which is the sales kind of language we use, actually, that's about building a relationship to the point that somebody wants to work with you and you are the only and obvious choice for them. So, you know, the problem with DMing somebody the minute you meet them is it's a bit like proposing marriage on a first date. Nobody does that, right? Why would you do that? It's never going to work. You're going to get laughed at. Nobody's going to say yes to a marriage proposal on the first date. And if they do, you're going to have to question why. So what is much better is if you think of it as a relationship. So rather than, you know, proposing right away, why not start to build that trust, build that relationship? Why not try to start that conversation? And by starting a conversation, which is what content marketing does, is it basically starts conversations. 
by starting those conversations, you can kind of start to lead them down a path. So you start by having an introductory conversation. And then from there, you start to talk about maybe the details of how you can help them. And then you give them perhaps a proposal. So our, our sales process follows these four steps. You then kind of give them a proposal after the second call, after the second date, you kind of show them what you could be like if you were to work together, or have that you know more closer intimate relationship. And then your conversion lead, your conversion rate massively increases because you haven't you know gone straight for the kill. So it's so important to treat it like a relationship, treat it like a human. So, you know, you're not there to make money. You're there to help somebody. And that's one of the things that sales gets wrong all the time is that, you know, it's all financially driven. It's all target driven. And what it's really about actually at the end of the day is helping people. So yes, I handle most of the sales at coffee house, but I don't think of myself as a salesperson. I think of somebody who is helping other people understand content marketing and helping brands get the get the most from their marketing that is that is my job my job is not to sell it's to help and when you start to reframe that when you're when you have that mindset shift so that you think of selling as helping it focuses it more on the relationship and by focusing it more on the relationship and away from the finances and that the commercial element of sales, you actually start to get much better results because people start to trust you because you are helping them. Mo, can I just can I just summarize last thing? Like yeah, I was please. picking up with with Catherine, it was helping, helping, helping. Actually, the word sales comes from a Scandinavian word for to serve. So it's about to serve, like yes. serving people yes. all of the time. And if we have that mentality, sales becomes something very rich and and quality rather than actually what some people look at it as is quite a dirty word or a dirty process it's a gift to be able to sell to attract people in and to convert people and to build trust quickly that is a super gift and not many people have it but if you have the mindset to serve that's how you're going to win that's absolutely beautiful and i really hope that our viewers and listeners have heard that because that is critical so let's talk about uh a part that I'm really interested to share with our, our listeners and viewers, which is some of the best practices when it comes to personal branding. Um, so what I see with a lot of salespeople, uh, a couple of things, a couple of main mistakes that I observe. Number one, salespeople are on LinkedIn talking about best practices on sales. And that is not, that in no way is going to help your customers unless you're selling sales-based products like training, et cetera, to your customers, that's of no value to your customers. So why are you glorifying your skills to be able to sell to them? So that's the first mistake that I see that's quite common. The second mistake I see salespeople make are, you know, where they just, they're just repurposing or even just literally sharing as is a corporate marketing narrative that their company is dictating to them to share. Right. And, and it's clearly corporate. There's no personalization in it whatsoever. They haven't done anything with it. Their, their marketing team has simply said, share this with your network. And they've just gone and done and shared, shared that. So what are some of the advice that you would you would you can both give around how salespeople can do the right things to portray and build their personal brand in a way that actually helps them build trust with their buyers? So, Catherine, if we can start with you first. What's some of your thoughts and, and advice? 
I guess the biggest thing I would say is to be human. So nobody is a corporate robot. Nobody is, you know, just spewing this. If you went to a party, you know, you're not just going to be repeating exactly what your CEO or marketing person told you to repeat at that party. So think about it like a real conversation. If you were to walk into a room, so LinkedIn is a networking platform, pretend you're in a networking room. What are some of the things that you would tell people? What are some of the stories that you say all the time? I mean, we all, salespeople spend a lot of time talking. I spend all day in calls talking. So the same stories come up again and again and again. So why not share some of those stories? Why not share some of like the details that you really go into when you talk about your process? So rather than, you know, perhaps there's a part of your process that you're really passionate about. So for example, I did a post today about how we do interviews with subject matter experts to create really high quality content. I love these interviews. They're really interesting. The team loves these interviews. So I created a post about that today. So why not, why not do that? Um, when I create my posts, I also, you know, sometimes I, I, you know, take myself off into a little corner and kind of think just thoughts to myself. So most of us are thinking about work all the time. We have these really gold nuggets that pop into our head, whether it's about leadership or uh, entrepreneurship, or perhaps, you know, whatever it is that you're really passionate about. And, you know, it's LinkedIn. So you can talk about like your family and you can talk about things that are not, you know, necessarily just business as well. So I saw a really great post the other day about, forget actually who did this, but there was a really great post about how this guy had taken a taken his daughter strawberry picking during his lunch during his lunch hour. And that got really great traction and resonated with so many people because it was human. So think like a human, create content like a human. Think about the things that you love thinking about and then how you can turn that into content and talk from a place of passion rather than a place of corporate robot corporate robot with no emotions, no interests, no nothing. I mean, just be human and everything's going to be better. So it's interesting that you use the example of that person who um, talked about the day he spent with his daughter, because I've seen some, some people respond to such posts by saying that uh, with their opinion, of course, that LinkedIn is really not the platform for something like that. This, more, this is more of a Facebook or Instagram um, post. What do you say to that? I'd say they're wrong because we are, you know, you're talking about being human. So the post was related to work as well because it was about like how his company culture, you know, they don't care if you take an hour during your lunch break to go do something fun with your family. And I think it, when I saw it, it had like 278 likes and comments on it. So it's not just me that says that, you know, this type of content performs well. When I share content from my family or from my life, or, you know, uh, I did a post the other day that was about how success is like the tip of an iceberg. But then on the post, I also put a photo of my family and I in front of an iceberg that we had actually seen in Iceland. Um, and that post got about 60, 60 likes and comments on it. So sure, people can say that, you know, LinkedIn, nobody wants to hear about personal family stuff, but they do. But what I would say is that, you know, it does need to be on a professional level as well. So, you know, when you go into the workplace, you would talk about what you did on your holiday or your family, but you might not talk about something really inappropriate, um, like how drunk you got, or, you know, you might not talk, you might not talk about that kind of stuff. Um, and you might not want to share things like that, though. I think Ryan will challenge me as well, because uh, I, I, we, we both know somebody who posted on LinkedIn about how one of their team 
had the day after the England game had texted to say that they couldn't come to work that day. Um, and uh, our, our, our friend um, who did this post like was their boss and said, yeah, no worries, don't like totally understand and like shared that on LinkedIn and that performed really well. So perhaps there is an element of, you know, being able to be a little bit naughty if that is an element that you want to put in your personal brand. <laughs> That makes Love sense. that. Can I yeah. can I add to this? Because I know I know the two two people in question actually. The the first one you spoke about, Catherine, was was my friend Ben Hopday, who is um, a director at Austin Fraser, who a recruitment business. And the reason why that post done done so well, I've been thinking a lot about it, is because he started off being vulnerable. He started off by being vulnerable, and he and he humanized that post. And and what did he do? He said, "I felt guilty pre lockdown." for not being there for my family because I was out the door an hour before they woke and I was back in house, uh, back into the house 10 minutes before they went to bed. So he, he set it up, right? He set up the vulnerability to say, wow, he's being very human at that point. Then he turned it into commercial um, uh, uh, positioning and he, and he addressed his audience, which is he wants to recruit people. He wants people to come and work for him. And he's flipped up to say at Austin Fraser, we don't care about timings, lose an hour. We care about getting the job done. So we don't have any holidays. Uh, we don't um, restrict people for being flexible. And then he put a lovely a photo with it of his daughter to really make it come alive. And that was that was the sweet spot. And he and he wrote it so well and clearly that there was no surprise that it resonated with so many people. Why? Started off with vulnerability and flipped it into um, a reason why should people should go and work for them. Very smart, very very clever and humanized his brand and, be, and made him become more likable, known, liked and trusted. Now that post is up to nearly 700, um, 800 likes. There's people in the comments asking him, where do I sign up? How do I apply? Very good sales tactic. Brilliant use of LinkedIn and, and posting. So that was Ben with, with, with um, Alex Holliman, the second post. He's also our client. Um, and one of the things we wanted to work with with him was how do we show your values as a business by humanizing you as a leader? And we encouraged him with that conversation. And then suddenly it, the timing just fell, fell into place. It was the England game. He shared a picture of his WhatsApp message of his staff member calling in saying, I will still come in, but I'm feeling pretty ropey. And it was a real honest conversation, which highlighted the company values within that, that WhatsApp messaging back and forth. So that post done over 100,000 views um, and suddenly connected the personal element, the humanized element with real day-to-day -day business. And I think that's the sweet spot. So... I love the fact that you've highlighted that, Catherine. I love the fact that you got to see Ben's post. It wouldn't surprise me it's because I liked it and he's my, in my circle, that type of thing. And that's, how, so. it, that's how it grows. What else would I add to that? Look, don't share stuff. Okay? Sharing does not get any engagement. So what's the point in doing it? Everyone makes the mistakes, um, mistake of joining LinkedIn. And the first thing you do is just liking stuff and sharing it. Have you ever seen a share get much engagement? I haven't. But so stop doing it. Stop sharing other people's stuff. If you're going to share it, find something to go with it and highlight the reason why you shared it. But I would, I would challenge you on that and just say, write your own post on it. Um, so just to be clear, you're, you're saying, you're, you're not saying don't share. 
right? You're saying don't share without putting any context or your perspective. Don't just blindly share something. If you're going to share, share something, but put something, it doesn't have to be provocative, but your unique perspective, something, something about your opinion about it, that is what's going to get more engagement, not just a blank share, blank forwarding with nothing, nothing in there. Absolutely. I w- yeah, that, that would be the, f- the first place to go to. But even further than that, would, which would be write your own post and, and include references and tag the person that you're writing about. So make it completely original. That's where I think you're, you're, you're going to win with the engagement. Um, and the other thing is engage on other people's posts. Don't expect people to engage on your post if you're not actually outwardly engaging on other people's posts. So if you are are wondering what to write and what to put out there and you're really struggling to come up with ideas, then start at a different place, which is comment. Add your quality of thinking to other people's posts. Go and follow the people that you potentially want to work with or potentially want to attract into your network and contribute in a positive way start adding quality thinking and start to build trust through your comments um, because other people get to see that as well so there's a couple of tips for you right so there are two questions that i'm i that i really want to tackle from this right the first one is what you, what you're both saying around you know being human being authentic um adding your own perspective that actually gives value to the readers, right? Or the viewers, whoever it is that's watching this, um, watching the posts or reading the posts um, and comment on other people's posts, right? Say something that's unique in perspective. So the, the, the one, first question I want to ask you both is, we hear this a lot. Why are, not, why are people not doing it enough, right? Why, why are they struggling to do so? Ryan, could we start with you? yeah um fear judgment fear of of pressing the button the the, mm. the stuff that i'm hearing after working with many many clients entrepreneurs business leaders salespeople, is a barrier of a psychological barrier of pressing go on that post so it's around fear of being judged fear of missing out fear of not being incredibly amazing from the get-go because they see all these other people doing it well so there's there's a comparison um uh process going on with people that are already established so they're worried about that um especially with the successful people that we're dealing with there's there's a sense of imposter syndrome which is really do i belong and i want it to be perfect but it's never going to be perfect so you have to start somewhere so i would say fear fear of judgment imposter syndrome and not knowing what to write, just not knowing how to create content, create, creating content that's going to resonate with the audience. So there's a few from me. Catherine? Yeah, I mean, I would echo a lot of that because I've actually gone through this process myself as well. And I'm not perfect, but I'm getting better. Um, and, you know, when you first start, start posting on LinkedIn, you are kind of scared to put yourself out there. You're scared that, you know, you'll get a lot of pushback or that people will say, this isn't the place for that. This is LinkedIn. Um, And that you'll get a lot of criticism if you are vulnerable. I mean, being vulnerable in life in general is scary. I mean, the first time that you are vulnerable and perhaps told your partner that that you love them, that that was scary because you didn't know if you'd get that back. But 
what you what you experience and what you discover is that when you are vulnerable other people are vulnerable to you and give it back to you so one of the things that I've come to realize as a leader is that you often have to put yourself out there first. So you have to trust your team before your team is gonna trust you. You have to empower your team before your team is going to feel empowered. You have to believe in people sometimes before they believe in themselves. And you know when you do that, when you go out on the limb, when you put yourself out there, you know the rewards are amazing. They're, they're unlimited, but you have to get over that initial hurdle and you have to put yourself out there. I mean, I really struggle some weeks, some weeks when I'm feeling particularly vulnerable or things aren't going quite right at work, you know, I struggle to create LinkedIn posts. So, you know, I might even just be quiet for a whole week, but then I'll, you know, have a word of myself and get myself back up on that horse. It's kind of like, you know, when my daughter's learning to walk, you know, you have to fall down a lot before you can learn how to walk. And, you know, the important thing is to just get back up, to keep going. You know, you fall off the horse, you get back on it and you keep pushing forward. And, you know, eventually you get to this place where like LinkedIn just becomes a, this really incredible place that can generate so much business for you, but not just business. It can generate real relationships. You can meet people on LinkedIn who you've never met in person that totally change your world. So, you know, once you open that door, it's incredible. Let's let's get practical then, because let's delay my my planned second question, and let's dig into what you both just said there. Because I want to leave our viewers and, and listeners with something that's practical. How how can people start to get better at those kind of posts? Getting get over the fear. What are some some top tips that you will both have, Catherine? I, I've got to ask you first because you, you shared that you 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 kind of struggled with this in the beginning. And there are some weeks where, you know, you don't have, you don't feel you have anything to say and you kind of have that quiet talk with yourself. We'd love to hear how did you, what are some of the top tips for you? Because you've, you've, you've got natural, it doesn't sound like you were natural at doing this and you had to learn this, right? So what can you help our viewers with? What are some of the top tips? Uh, I guess probably my biggest tip is to work with Jago. Um, I, I'm a client of theirs and they're incredible. Like they, it's more about, it's not about, you know, creating content. It's about understanding you as a human. And then not only understanding yourself as a human, but recognizing that everything that you are is awesome the way that it is. And, you know, there's some tweaking, some refining that you can do, but that who you are is not only validated, but that you can go out to the world with that. And that's what makes you special. So that is so powerful. Um, and then I guess, you know, another practical tip as well, which is obviously less minor, um, is so I, I have a Google doc on my phone and I kind of have this interior monologue with myself all the time. Sometimes my inner voice drives me nuts because it does not stop talking. It will talk to me at 2 a.m. It'll talk to me all the time. It's really annoying, but it does have some good ideas sometimes. So whenever just like that, like gold nugget pops into my head, I just like jot it down really quick on my, on my mobile so that I have it. And then, you know, I can take that gem and I can put it into a proper, proper post later on, but just having like a little notebook that you carry around with you or just something to not jot down ideas. Cause I think most entrepreneurs are kind of like me, their brain never really stops working. They're always kind of having an internal dialogue conversation with themselves. I could probably occupy myself all day just talking to myself. <laughs> 
Um, and sometimes there's some really great nuggets in there that should be shared on LinkedIn. But I think you almost have to go through the Jago process first because you have to feel like those thoughts are valid and that you can put them out there in order to get to the point where you feel comfortable doing that. And the team, so Ryan and Steve are really, really, really incredible at making you feel that way. So once you feel that way, it's easy to take those thoughts that you have in your head and turn them into proper content. Yeah, that, okay, so that's, that's, that's interesting. And I, the, only one, the only thing I'd add to that is if, you know, if you're used to voice notes, for example, uh, then you can use this, leave yourself a voice recording, right? Because sometimes you can just share whatever on your mind and without having to filter it through the writing process. So Ryan, yeah, what are some same of your- idea. Yeah, and Ryan, what are your top tips? What, what can people start to do right now to become more comfortable, more confident in getting themselves out there, sharing with the world who they are and the value they have to give? Yeah, I'd just like to say we are super proud of Catherine. She's just done incredibly well through the process and to see her winning because of that and growing as fast as as fast as she is in the business, um, that makes it all worthwhile. In, in terms of top tips, look, building that confidence is key. And that confidence is going to come through clarity, focus, understanding who you're speaking to. You know, you can't just activate. You have to understand who your audience is first and meet them on their ground. What do they want to hear from you? Because there'll be certain things about your personality or your interest that you might not want to share, right? So for instance, you know, if I like to be, a, if I'm a DJ, I'm not going to tell the whole world I'm a DJ every single time I post something on LinkedIn because they might not want to hear about that then. So think about, think about your audience, think about what you could speak about for the rest of your life passionately because that's where you're gonna become believable because people are gonna know that you're super interested in this, you're super gifted in it, and it's gonna shine through. So nail those down, start to focus on that, um, start, to, start to draw out meaning in, in, in your day-to-day -day activities through reflective practice and document it. Document all of those things that you think are standout things so you don't have to sit, to, sit at a table and go, right, what am I gonna write this week? You've already got the stories. Every day is a story. We go to bed at night sleeping and dreaming of stories, right? So we just need to be smart about drawing them out and working out which ones need to be polished and, and refined so we can publish them. I would really encourage you to work with someone else who can look inwardly at your content and, and give that counsel on that to say, I think that's quality. I, I would maybe readjust this part or that part. So go and find a partner, go and find you know, a buddy that can help you with this and also ask them, you know, what is it about my characteristics that you think I should show to the world? Um, so that's the start point. There's some of the tips. If you've got budget and you've got, you know, uh, some marketing budget spare or some development budget, then invest in some other people to help develop your brand, to help develop your positioning and your, your essence. Um, don't go and sell, you know, don't go out there and see personal branding as just selling, 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 right? Add value all the time. Just keep giving, keep giving, keep giving. And in turn, the world will return um, increased opportunities for you and your business. That's, that's beautiful. Um, we've talked a lot. I have one final question before we kind of start to wrap up and uh, share with the viewers more about you uh, and how they can find out more about you. We've talked a lot about the perspective of the entrepreneur, but from a salesperson's perspective, who are often employees, um, 
they may not be working for you know a company or leaders uh, or founders where they have that kind of entrepreneurial spirit and they're willing to kind of work outside uh, of conventional approaches right they might work for large companies and they'll often be restricted or at least they'll feel more of that fear of being themselves because it will step outside of the corporate narrative what guidance can we give those individuals about how they can actually build their personal brand without compromising or putting themselves in 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 conflict with uh you know the the corporate narrative um ryan what, what are your thoughts there think of yourself think of the long game okay you might work for a business right now but think of the long game you know think about where you want to be in five years time in 10 years time and make action and intention around that so what does that look like think about what you're posting on on social think about your behaviors think about the goods the, the good the bad and the ugly in terms of how you behave and be really honest about that so what I'm talking about is about self-awareness, having the self-awareness to think about how you're behaving within your business. That is building your reputation within your company. So if you're thinking about getting a uh, promotion or you want to step up or you want to receive the best leads, think about what it's going to take to get you to that point. How are your peers looking at you? How are you talking with your peers? Are you consistent? Are you saying one thing to your colleagues and a different thing, thing to your manager? So, you know, you know, for me at Yellow Pages, the reason why I went from selling ads at 79 quid when I first started to looking after the largest multi-million pound portfolio when I eventually left the business is because I was consistent. I wasn't slagging management off at fag break time. Um, I wasn't, you know, one thing to, to the manager and, and to other people. I had a consistent essence of me. I had a brand within the business. People knew what they were going to get when they were going to deal with Ryan O'Keefe. And that was great. That was brilliant. That really helped me get that promotion and scale up, receive the financial rewards that came with that. And that set me up financially. What I did, what I did make the mistake of doing is not putting myself out there outside of that corporate brand. So I would challenge people to write content. Why? Because it sharpens up your storytelling. And every good salesperson has good stories to tell. They make things come to life with related stories. And so yeah. for me, iron sharpens iron. And when you're working and, 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 and producing content yourself and thinking in that creative way, then that's going to give you some momentum when it comes to your in interactions with, with your prospects. But how would you, um, but what advice would you give for those salespeople where they are going to be restricted by the corporate narrative and the business of the business they work with? What, 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 what tips can you give them on how they can actually write certain posts or, or, or the not guardrails, but, but how, can they, how can they write the right posts that are going to share their personal brand in a powerful way without going against that corporate narrative? So would, would the top tip be, you know, for example, having that open discussion with your marketing department and saying, this is what I want to do. What are the things that I can talk about? What are the things that you will shy away from? And what are the things that I can actually come to you first for pre-approval? I just want to I just want to help the salespeople who who are who don't have that sense of freedom that the founders do of businesses. What can they do about how they can start to kind of put out those posts there and things like that? 
Yes, I think you're right. Without knowing the do's and don'ts of, of, of the corporate policy around social content, I, I can't really give you a def definitive answer on that, but definitely ask what we can do. There's this thing called employee advocacy, right? Using employees as advocates for the business. And there's no better way to shine a positive light on the organization than have good word come from the employees. So I would encourage people to salespeople to step up and have the courage to challenge marketing, challenge comms to say, okay, let's get a group of people together to say, we're going to gather these, these salespeople um, and we're going we're gonna to test posting every week, every day and tell us what the guidelines are tell us what not to get involved with i think it would be quite obvious but actually setting some clear boundaries in writing around that and allowing people to express themselves within the brand i think if you're in a business and it's in it's hyper controlled then i would question that leadership um but that's another conversation but for starters go and speak to marketing go and speak to the comms team go and speak to the social team to say how can I get involved? I want to contribute to your social activity. And I would like to nominate myself to write at least one post a week for your business that I can publish on my own channels, but also through the brand channels as well and see how it resonates. And it would be fascinating to actually see the engagement rates in the two different areas to compare, to make comparisons. My hunch tells me that the likelihood of, of increased engagement from the personal profile through LinkedIn, especially, is going to be far greater than that of the business. Why? Because there's nearly 600% more engagement comes from personal profiles on LinkedIn than it does from the same corporate brand. Well, so, so, so let's, let's just make sure. I, so over 600% more engagement from your personal profile versus the corporate brand. I mean, that, the last that, that I is saw was like five hundred and sixty-one percent. So you right. see it, all. you see it all. People follow people, especially on the social platform like LinkedIn. It is networking. It's a social network for yeah. business people. So treat it like that, and think about how you might turn up to the networking. Ask questions in your posts. Get people to think. Make it ev evocative. Mm. How are you going to resonate? Leave people thinking after they've read your post. So I would always encourage people to um, include a question within their post um, yeah. because I think all good salespeople who serve ask questions. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, agreed. Catherine, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, I, I, agree, I agree a lot with, with everything Ryan's saying. Um, obviously, there's real value for people who are employees as well as company owners and leaders to have personal brands. It is diff more difficult if you are in a very corporate environment that has strict rules. But in that case as well, there should definitely be social media guidelines, which will tell you very clearly what you can and can't do. And as Ryan's pointed out, you know, it's about showing them the business value of you having a personal LinkedIn. So, you know, you're not going to go, hopefully they trust you enough that you're not going to go, you know, talk about something highly inappropriate or something that is going to get the organization in trouble. And what you actually are doing is helping them to continue to drive sales by leveraging your LinkedIn, which does is proven to be far more effective than only posting from a company account. So hopefully, you know, they can see that and they can see the value that that would bring to, to the organization. I mean, but I'm tempted almost to say if somebody didn't want me to have a personal brand that I don't even think that I would work for them because 
well, that's probably why I have my own business. But, um, you know, if, if they're not allowing you to network and they're not allowing you to have your own personal brand, because it's such an asset to every individual, rather, whether you own a company or you're an employee, it's an asset to your career. So if they're totally shutting you down and not letting you do anything at all, then they're really limiting your future growth potential. And I am so much about growth and potential that I would probably seriously be considering whether or not that was the right place for me. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I love what you've both said because it, it's a you know, personal brand in itself is, is, a, it, it is a topic and uh, an activity that is just incredibly important. Um, you know, not just because we live in a very transparent world and it's, it's super competitive, but because there is a, there's a stigma, there's a negative view of salespeople. And in order for you to build that trust, you would rather walk into a room with a prospect where they know something about you and what they have to say is good or their impression of you is good versus they know nothing about you, in which case, because their impression of salespeople in general or even business people who are trying to sell is negative, they're going to have a negative view about you. So everything you've said, you know, the, I've loved the, the human elements that you said is important. You know, the fact that salespeople rather than should fear posting something, they should really just ask their marketing department, find out what they can work with and, 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 and be, that, be that person that's interested in serving the business as well and coming up with ideas. And there are Absolutely. a number of things that you said about questions, you ask questions, make sure it's through your personal profile that has 561% more, um, more engagement. Um, you know, write down some of the ideas that you have and kind of just don't be afraid to get it out there. Uh, and, and it sounds like really actually what you need to do is just practice, you know, and even if you just practice with yourself before you take it out there, at some point take it out. And by the way, you know, on LinkedIn, you can delete your post and edit it yeah which which really yeah. helped me by the way right <laughs> it, it, it really really helped me because i'm like well it's even if i delete it maybe 10 people would have seen it right and that's sure it. we live in a world with 8 billion people and only what how many people is it that use linkedin like something like 350 million on you know i think you're spot on yeah no absolutely and that's sorry to chip in there no, but that, is, that is the difference between personal branding and pr you own the platform, right. it's your profile. With PR, and I'm not, not saying PR isn't a smart move, but actually yep. PR is someone else's publication. You can't yes. delete it. With your, with your profile, it's a video you're not happy with, or it's a video done 10 years ago. Um, you do have a choice. You do have a choice to, to, to remove it. And I think that was a really, really good point. You know, if you're, you know, if you're feeling like it didn't really hit the mark or people didn't like it, then you can delete it. Can I just add a couple more points? Is that all right, Mo? Yeah, um, yeah, we're, we're good. Go for it. Okay. So one, one thing I wanted, want to encourage, if, you're, if there are listeners on this podcast that are, uh, would class themselves as, as introverts, personal branding isn't just for extroverts it isn't just for the outgoing people some of the best personal brands are introverts okay people like um oprah winfrey she is an introvert she's one of the best orators and speakers out there so if you're an introvert and you're feeling like you know this personal branding exercise is just for the loud people in the room it's not there are people that want to hear from the introverts because you're detailed and methodical and slightly you bring you bring something different to the table than maybe the extroverts do so definitely encourage the introverts um and and the last point i wanted to make is 
if you do build your personal brand as a salesperson, guess what? The conversion rate and the speed of conversion increases. Why? For instance, I had a prospect call this week. He filled out our health check on our website. I spoke to him and within an hour, the guy converted into um, a thousands and thousands of pounds worth of business within an hour one hour there was no long lead time there was there was no um extended period of of thought or or, or um you know delay and i asked him i said how have you signed up to such a significant amount in 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 one hour i asked him the question believe it or not after he said yes and he said it isn't an hour of making a decision. I already done my homework. I looked at your videos. I watched a couple of your podcasts and then I looked at your process on your website. So I was thinking, wow. And the fact that he came to the table and respected my time, I felt that was always, there was already trust there. The trust had already been done through the content I put out. I just need to, to almost live up and match up to what he had seen. And if that was consistent, that was good enough for him. So definitely encourage your salespeople and, and, and business leaders to step up and put themselves out there. Yeah, and this speaks to the long term that you both talked about at the beginning of this session. So that 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 was really and and one thing that I thought of as well is um because you both talked about you know having the fear to do so, especially when you start to see these really successful people and their posts and how how confident they are, how articulate they are, how glossy it looks. What I did quite a while ago, which I which really helped me was on YouTube, especially you can go to someone's channel who you admire and you can go to their videos and you can actually sort it by earliest date and you will start to see actually their videos were horrendous then, like like compared to how it is now, it was awful and they admit it as well sometimes right so i love so that have a look at that because that's going to make you feel really comfortable it certainly made me feel really comfortable brilliant okay with doing so um so this was an incredibly incredibly valuable session i really really enjoy this and i have no doubt that our viewers and listeners will as well um a couple of questions i would like to ask you both before we wrap up uh, so number one who are your greatest influences at the moment uh, and you know whether that's through through books as authors or, or videos and podcasts or, uh, you know, thought leaders in their world, who are kind of your greatest influence at the moment and why? Uh, Catherine, if we could ask, start with you first. Yeah, uh, of course. Um, I would probably have to say Spencer Gallagher. He's been a major influence over how I think about the agency and how I run it um, for a very long time. And, you know, I originally came to him through the book that he wrote, Agencynomics, and actually just had the pleasure of helping him edit the second second edition. So my name's actually in the second edition, but he's totally changed my life and how I see the world and how I run my agency. And he now works as a non non exec for Coffee House as well. So he's helping to help guide and shape us as we as we continue to grow and scale. But I would have to say Spencer Gallagher, hands down. Very interesting. Thank you. Uh, and Ryan? It's a tricky one. It's a tricky one. There's so many that I admire, um, not just not just the famous ones, but everyone, even our clients. So Catherine and Alex Holliman, these are all people that are normal people that are special in their own right. But, you know, they've all got something something to say. But if you want a well-known person, I'd have to go with someone like Simon Sinek. Um, why? Because both Steve and I have met him. I think he's a fantastic thinker. 
who thinks long term, long game. And I really like his leadership um, views and, and strategies and points of, of view. So, yeah, if you, you haven't checked him out, go and check out Simon Sinek. He, he's done this wonderful talk that probably everyone knows now, which is the why um the why talk which is around the golden circle people don't know often why they do it they know what they do and how they do it so if there's any sales people out there 100% go and check out that video on youtube because watch it a couple of times when it resonates you may change your approach to selling which is instead of going out and saying what you do and how you do it which is what everyone will do maybe you'll start to talk about why you do what you do and that might build trust and rapport very very quickly yeah, I, I, I would second that. Definitely recommend everyone watch that video. Uh, it was a very powerful one. So this this was great. So how can um, how can our viewers and listeners learn more about you? Where can they go to find more information about you, um, Catherine? So you can connect with me on LinkedIn, I'm Catherine E. Strachan, or you can go to coffeehouse.io to learn more about my company and what we do. Thank you, Ryan. You could Google my name, Ryan O'Keefe, and find one of two people, and hopefully you'll spot me in amongst um, those two. But yeah, if you get the name, um, the spelling correct, you'll find me with my personal website. If you don't want to do that, then you could just find uh, Jago and look for wearejago.com. Um, the first step would be you can take a personal brand health check. That's free. There's no obligation with that. And go and check out where you are and see where the opportunities lie. So that's us. And obviously you can find us on LinkedIn, typing in Ryan O'Keefe, or you could always go to Catherine's profile first and then stalk her followers and I'll be one of them. Great. Thank you both for a really, really good session. And, and look, I mean, like I said, you get so many of these podcasts, especially about sales, and all they talk about is sales training, how to do introduction, how to do questioning, how to do this, how to objection handling. You know, very few talk about some of the long term things that will set your call up for success. Yeah. And personal branding is one of those things. It's, it's about what people learn about you before you talk to them and what they can learn about you after, the, after you've spoken with them. Yeah. And both of those things go into how you build your brand and therefore build trust with, with your buyers. So this was hugely, hugely helpful. Thank you so much to both of you for joining, uh, joining me on this session. And uh, yeah, if, if you have any questions at all for our viewers and listeners, any questions at all, um, leave a note in the comments section, which we will leave below. We'd love to hear your thoughts. And we'd especially love to hear your thoughts about any future topics that you would like for me to actually uh, publish on the channel. So if there are any future topics, and it doesn't have to be related to sales, it could be related to business, it could be related to health, whatever it might be that's related to growth, we would love to do that for you. And as always, like, share, subscribe. But Catherine, Ryan, thank you again for uh, taking the time and for sharing with our viewers uh, your nuggets of gold and uh, all the best. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having me.